Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Milwaukee Bucks fans. Welcome to the Six podcast. My name is Steven Dorf and alongside me is my co-host Hershey Winkleman. You can check us out on social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN and uh, Facebook as well at Milwaukee Bucks FFSN. On today's show, Hirsch, we obviously got to talk about Adrian Griffin being hired as the new head coach for the Milwaukee Bucks. We also got to talk about that exciting, shocking, unbelievable finish in game six between Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. But let's start with, you know, the Bucks news. Adrian Griffin, Hirsch, what are your thoughts, opinions? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, on, on the last podcast, I think, we you know, we did a pretty good job of, you know, kind of ranking and setting up what we thought about, you know, the, the three candidates that had come out at the end. And I was pretty clear that, you know, I thought Adrian Griffin was was in personally my last choice. I, I was more for a guy with some experience, some playoff you know, had coaching experience. And I mean, like you said on the last podcast, the Raptors didn't even make the playoffs this year. They made like, like they weren't like a very like explosive team at all throughout the regular season. And I'm just not exactly sure the direction the team went with that, other than the fact that it seems like that was kind of who Giannis wanted. But yeah, in my opinion, I'm not like excited about the hiring per se i don't think it's necessarily direct the the correct call but you know it could work out you know who knows maybe this guy is like a prodigy in the making and we never knew so that's kind of my take on it no yeah i understand where you're coming from however i do think that it's an interesting signing or an interesting hiring uh with you know yeah obviously you said Giannis was the guy who you know wanted him uh, he didn't want Nick Nurse is kind of what it seems like. I think that Nick Nurse actually has, you know, had some concerns or has some concerns with how, you know, with the fit with this Bucks team, with Giannis in particular. I know people drool about the defensive potential, but offensively, Nick Nurse has, he's not great. Like his teams have finished bottom 10 almost every year that he's coached, except for the Kawhi Leonard year. Uh, Giannis is not Kawhi Leonard on offense. They get they both get their buckets, but Kawhi Leonard is probably a more well-rounded offensive player than Giannis. Not probably, he just is, or at least back in his heyday, he was. Nick, I mean, Nick Nurse does make really great defensive adjustments, Hirsch. I just think that it's a it's a risky hiring. I mean, almost as risky as hiring AJ or Adrian Griffin. Uh Adrian Griffin, you know, was his assistant coming from the same system. I mean, he's worked with guys like Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, who have that, you know, similar athletic, like freakishly long build like Giannis, but not nearly as good of players as Giannis. I think it's interesting. I mean, it, I mean, obviously it's going to be a telltale year to see if this guy can really be a head coach, but Nick Nurse is, 
I don't know. I think he, I, I, the more I think about Nick Nurse, the more I think about he's just overhyped. He had one great year and then he hasn't had any deep playoff runs since that. Didn't yeah, make no. the this year. I'm not even saying that like we should have gotten Nick Nurse instead. Like I think Atkinson was also a good option. My whole thing is that I don't in my in my personal opinion when it comes to like like basketball, I don't believe that a rookie head coach should be have to be put in a situation where he's going to have to coach in high leverage playoff moments in his rookie season against, you know, guys like Spolstra, guys like Tom Thibodeau, guys who have gone like far deep in the playoffs and have that like really like you know they've been there they, they've seen it all they know how to you know react to certain defenses certain schemes certain things that teams are going to throw um and just that that intensity that you need you know it's going to be interesting to see if griffin can bring that to this team but that's kind of why i was skittish on bringing in you know a rookie head coach to a championship contender if this roster is you know intent on contending which it still seems like it is Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they it, there was a uh, report that came out that said that the Bucks want to move on with or not move on from, but move on, you know, and continue to build around guys like Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, and potentially even Drew Holiday. However, Drew Holiday wasn't at the meeting with uh, Adrian Griffin, but Chris Middleton was. So I don't I don't know what to make of that. I don't want to think too deeply into that. But I I think this team still wants to contend. I think they do want to run it back with what they have and hopefully get younger you know, with their role players, get more athletic with their role players. Uh, so they, you know, they can stay active and and aggressive in the playoffs and don't necessarily get burnt out like it looked like they did this year. Uh, and I think Adrian Griffin, you know, can be, you know, like a spearhead for that. He's a young coach. Uh, he's played in the NBA. I think that's kind of a cool thing. It's not like he was necessarily a superstar, but he played in the NBA and has that, you know, player experience. He was a big bodied wing. I mean, I think I think it's an interesting fit. I I wish that we you know went with Kenny Atkinson, but the Bucks Giannis saw otherwise, and I'm gonna trust my our superstar. I'm gonna trust Giannis's opinion here, and you know hope that this works out for the best. I mean I'm excited. I'm not gonna lie. I'm definitely excited. I'm nervous too. Definitely a lot of uh, mixed opinions, but definitely think I fall more on the excited uh, side than I do on the nerviser upset if if even you know yeah i mean i wouldn't necessarily say that i'm like super angry about the fact that you know we signed a rookie head coach and i mean yeah i kind of agree with what you were saying with like the whole Giannis piece like you know if we needed to get this guy for Giannis to stick around with the franchise i completely understand like the front office making that move just because i think Giannis is way more important than any coach you could possibly bring in at this point Absolutely. I could not agree more. Keeping Giannis happy is probably our number one priority. I mean, we want to keep, I mean, his contract is expiring in a couple of years. He's on that player option. Uh, we want to keep him. We want to be able to re-sign him and, you know, keeping him happy is obviously the best way to do that. So. Yeah. And it seems like probably Giannis is going to have some input as to whether, you know, we keep the guys like Chris Middleton and Brooke. And it seems like, you know, he kind of wants to, you know, stick with his his core guys that he's been running it with for five plus years now. So it seems like that's probably what's going to happen. Um, I know that there are some like weird free agent rumors about like Brooke Lopez possibly moving teams. I I don't I don't really see that happening. Um, I I, I truly think the Bucks are probably just going to run it back with a very similar 
like starting lineup core core group of guys, and then we're just gonna see what kind of message uh, Adrian or different type different type of voice, maybe different kind of vibe, maybe may, I don't know. We'll see how the schemes work out too, because we don't really necessarily know like how Adrian Griffin's gonna set up his team. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, what if he? I hope he gives Marjan Bochamp some important big minutes for the Bucks this year and in the upcoming season. Uh, you know, Mike Budenholzer tended to, you know, stick to his veterans, the guys that he trusted and didn't necessarily give younger guys the opportunity. I think Adrian Griffin being a younger coach, a rookie head coach is going to give those younger guys opportunity and he's going to see what works best. I mean, that's the hope at least. I think that him being a wing, Marjan Bochamp being an athletic big wing, I think it's a good fit. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a very, very big thing for next year is, you know, Marjan Bochamp's growth. Uh, can he be something for this team? Because he is at this point next to AJ Green, the only like young piece we have. So we need, we need someone like Marjan to step up, hopefully become big for the team. Uh, AJ Green could be that sharpshooter this team needed in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, look at the the Heat, the Celtics, those teams have sharpshooters and Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, you just, you need guys like that to win nowadays. Definitely. And I mean, if, you know, if AJ, uh, AJ Green eventually, you know, gets those minutes, it would kind of be a similar, you know, like it'd be a cool story because he made the team through the summer league, which is like kind of a cool, kind of a cool piece on him. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think it'll be interesting, you know, coming into next season to see how Adrian Griffin's tactics work out. Um, cause I know people had a lot of problems with like coach buds, like offense and, you know, kind of how stagnant it could get, how stale it could get. Um, I think, you know, it could be interesting seeing, you know, a new coach come in, sort of unlock some more, you know, ball movement, off ball movement, back cuts, you know, try to, try to get some more, you know, fluidity throughout the offense if you will maybe some maybe if, if you see something that's working in, in in you know in the course of the game you stick with it whereas like I, a lot of the time in the playoffs I would see a play work three times in a row and then they would never run it again and I'm like no. where did that go exactly exactly I mean hopefully Adrian Griffin utilizes the Giannis pick and roll because that was clearly effective in the playoffs it's effective basically all the time. I mean, it's almost unstoppable when the guy is charging head first to the basket, especially when he gets it off a backdoor cut or a roll. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just really hopeful that Adrian Griffin brings that new vision, you know, that Giannis was looking for that everyone in this organization is looking for. Uh, I'm excited. So I, I kind of just want to leave it off with that. I mean, I'm excited. So definitely me too. I mean, I think it'll be super interesting. But uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with some Heat Celtics talk. And we're back on the Bucks and Six podcast. Um, we're here talking about, you know, that crazy Heat Celtics series. The Celtics are, you know, on the verge of making history, coming back 3-0 down um, in the series. You know, that was a crazy end of the game. Um, you know, Steve, what are your thoughts on the Heat possibly blowing a 3-0 lead in the conference finals? Oh boy, man. Yeah. That game last night. I mean, I couldn't believe how like emotionally like invested I was like for a non bucks game. Like it was absurd. I was screaming at the TV, but 
Oh my gosh, what an ending. Uh, Marcus Smart with like three seconds left. Or here, let's start with the free throws. Jimmy Butler gets fouled behind the three-point line. He hits all three of his free throws to put the Celtics up one. Uh, and then Celtics call timeout. Marcus Smart shoots a fadeaway three that like bounced in and out and then went out. Uh, and then Derek White's there for the tip, gets it off with like 0. 0.3, 0. 0.2 seconds left. Uh, Heat win, or Celtics win. They're tied 3-3 going back to Boston and the Heat are in some serious trouble, man. I I can't believe what we're seeing, what we're witnessing. I, <laughs> the Celtics are probably going to be the first team ever to come back 3-0, man. They, yeah. they, they look like it, and they are confident. I mean, did you see them after the game? Jason Tatum's like, oh, I've never been so excited to go home to Boston. Jalen Brown keeps saying, you keep giving us one, you keep giving us one. Jalen Brown couldn't believe it yesterday. I, this team, they're feeling themselves. Yeah, I know you're on the uh... – I, I know you think that the Celtics are going to come and make this crazy comeback. Um, I know there's only a couple of instances throughout history where uh, an NBA team has even forced a game seven down three Oh. Um, and obviously, you know, this would be another one of those games, um, but no team has ever actually won that game down three Oh. Um, so we'll see if the Celtics can do it. I am personally picking the heat. I, I, I just think that Jimmy Butler is going to have one of those games where he's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, doing this anymore i'm not i'm not taking this stuff from you guys i'm gonna put you away um you know i could see you know possibly even like a like a 45 50 point game from a guy like jimmy butler you know in that last game just putting it all out there on the on the court and i I know there's like a pretty decent like break between uh the, the final start on june 1st i believe so you know he'll have some time to rest pass or actually not not very much time, but you know, I, I definitely could see Jimmy, you know, putting it all out there. Um and you know, I, I do think the Celtics are kind of riding a wave right now of like they're just hitting all their shots and everything's kind of going their way. They're getting the calls, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, maybe maybe that doesn't maybe it doesn't travel with them. And the Celtics are also, I I believe, like a five hundred team at home in the playoffs. They're worse at home in the playoffs than on the road. So I, I just I have the heat in this one, but I know I know you're riding with the Celtics. Uh yeah, I mean just it's what I've I mean the first three games the Heat convinced me that you know they were going to the finals they were gonna maybe sweep the Celtics, and then the next games four five and six come, they don't look like the same team, and and that's because your guy Jimmy Butler has not looked the same. I mean he's been torching all playoffs. Last game, he I don't, I don't even know. He was horrible, though, up until the last couple minutes of the game. Like, absolutely horrible. Couldn't get a layup to go. Couldn't get a jumper to go. Uh, Jimmy Butler needs to be better. I mean, Cam, uh, or Caleb Martin, uh, Gabe Vincent have shown out. They, they have played, like, absolute studs in these playoffs in this series. Jimmy Butler needs to step up and be the Jimmy Butler that we saw in our Buck series that, you know, played pretty well in the Knicks series, the Jimmy Butler that played well in the first three games of this Celtics series. So I think that's going to be the determining factor for game seven. If Jimmy Butler can be the Jimmy Butler we saw for games one through three, then I do think that he can pull it off and, you know, stop the three L comeback. But if Jimmy Butler looks anything like he did in that last game, I think the Celtics are going to be the first team to come back from 03 and make history. Yeah, I agree. And I think another, you know, main X factor in this series has been the Celtics role players being able to hit their, like hit their shots consistently. 
Um, we saw in the first three games, like Smart wasn't able to hit his threes. Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, Al Horford was on like a horrendous stretch of shooting where he couldn't hit any three-pointers in like that Sixer series and the beginning of this Heat series. And in the last three games, they've all started turning it on from three. So, I mean, and and we know that Jason Tatum has been inconsistent in the playoffs. And especially in this series, Jalen Brown has been, you know, kind of held pretty pretty quiet. I mean, to to his standards, you know, he was averaging 27 a game in the in the uh, regular season. I think at least in the first three games, it was down to like 17. So we know that he could, you know, be inconsistent. You know, I could see possibly, you know, one of those guys, you know, going going silent, especially if the Heat punch him in the mouth early in the game. You know, I could see the Celtics fans, you know, kind of getting a little jittery and, you know, the team, especially with a young rookie head coach that, you know, we've kind of been, you know, bagging on the whole time with in Missoula. You know, I think that coaching matchup in a, in a game seven is going to matter a lot, you know, with Spolstro against Missoula. Mm-hmm. Spolstra is just experience, his his knowledge, his greatness, and the fact that, you know, they have a killer like Jimmy Butler who's not going to go down without a fight. I mean, I think I, I got the heat personally. I don't I think they have the heart. They definitely do have heart. Uh games one through three, Celtics didn't have much heart. And then games four, five, six, the Celtics have heart. So uh, I think, yeah, this is going to be a very big test for Joe Missoula. I think this is kind of his opportunity to make me, you eat our words. You know, let's see if he can outcoach Spo in a game seven. Um, let's see if Jason Tatum can outplay Jimmy Butler and be the best player on the court for a game seven. I think that this is going to be an exciting game, but I do think that the Celtics right now, I, I think that I've always thought this, they're just more talented at the end of the day. And I think that, they have the potential to have the two best players on the court any given game with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Definitely. Before we head out here, uh, I want to get your thoughts. Kind of what do you think either of these Eastern Conference teams really stand a chance against Denver in the in the finals? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, anytime a team makes it to the finals, uh, you're gonna be. You know, I mean, you're gonna live in that moment. You know that you're there. So I think that, especially you know, the Heat, the Celtics were there last year and lost. I mean, you already know that they're if they make it, they're gonna be hungry for a win. Uh, the Heat obviously lost in the conference finals last year. Have a lot of pressure under or on them right now. A lot to prove. So I think that regardless of who comes out of the East, it's gonna be a dog fight in the finals. Um. Nuggets would be fighting for their first uh, championship ever, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a great finals. I mean, somebody's going to be getting their first ring. And I think that's always a really cool, fun thing to see. It's great for the NBA. Uh, it's it's just great for the league. I mean, you know, love witnessing history, seeing superstars, legends being born. I think that stuff's all great. So wish it was the Bucks, but next year will be our chance. Nuggets, Celtics, or Heat, one of them is getting uh, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Nicole Jokic, one of them is getting a ring this year. Definitely. And, you know, we'll be back to, you know, preview and go over the go over the start of the finals, and, you know, we'll be covering those as well. But that'll be it for today's episode of the Bucks and Six podcast. Make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe, and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six FFSN and on Facebook at Milwaukee Bucks FFSN. He's Steven Dorf, I'm Hershey Winkleman, and let's go Bucks!